Okay, so scientists say that 95% of your actions come out of your subconscious. And they say a minimum of 95. Well, the truth is the Bible says that all of the issues of life flow out of your heart. Well, what is your heart connected to? What part of your brain? It's not connected to your database. It's not connected to your frontal lobe. It's connected to that diencephalon part where this person accidentally stepped on my toe and I can easily forgive them and put that back away and it's at peace. Or that person stomped on my toe because they don't like me. Uh, what's wrong with them? Or something wrong with me? That goes back on the shelf until that question's answered. And that's your limbic process. Well, when you're a child, the limbic process is limited. That limbic process is going to usually conclude there's a monster under the bed or there's a something in the closet or I'm bad, that's why my daddy don't love me or something's wrong with me, that's why they stomped on my toe. They're going to internalize it. Well, I'll, I'll start being good and then they'll like me. You know, or something like that. So what we do here, what I'm going to be doing, is I'm going to be looking for any subconscious place in your life where you've held a lie to be true. Okay, where you've held, I'm just not lovable. Or I can't let anybody in my heart because every time I do, they'll wound me. Whatever the subconscious lie is, I don't know. But wherever there's not peace and wherever you don't feel loved, that's what I'm looking for. I want to take that memory off of the shelf and I want to fill in the blanks to, to dissolve whatever dis-ease or disharmony or fear or whatever is still in that memory. And that happens two ways. Chemically, through ligands, and through free, ligands, chemical ligands. That's the same way your body communicates with um, um, when your body has sugar in it because you've eaten a cookie. It'll communicate through ligands from the hypothalamus through the body and the different parts of your endocrinology will get to the pancreas and say, hey, I need some insulin. The insulin says, oh, okay, I got some of that. It'll release the insulin. And it's a communication system. It's almost like the, the ligands brush up on the sides of the walls of the, of the cell and say, hey, open up, I got a message for you. Well, it'll open up and the message will go in and then and that communication system goes through the body so the body can do what it does. Just like if someone was to scare you or if you walked outside and there was a bear. You, it, within seconds, all that chemical ligand stuff would happen. Adrenaline and cortisol would begin to flood your body and the fight or flight would kick in and you wouldn't have to choose to do that. It would just happen. Afterwards, you'd go back and go, you know, that bear, no, I killed the bear, whatever. Or it almost ate me. But it would happen instantaneously through your sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing. That's what's going to provoke that part of your brain because it's emotionally moving you like for your life, because you love yourself and don't want to die. But that part is moved by emotion. That's how it works. So as we look for any subconscious that's in your life that makes you feel not loved or afraid, those are the two things, because think about it. You're either walking in love, and I am loved, and I'm loved by God, and therefore nothing can be against me, or you're walking in fear that something might come against you and you'll need to protect yourself. Okay, that's where it's at. So I'm looking for any place where you're still needing to protect yourself. Because vulnerability is not something we see as our friend. But vulnerability, without it, you can't be intimate. And intimacy is the, the key for relationship. So if you can't be vulnerable, you're not going to be intimate. And I don't care if you're the perfect husband and the perfect daddy and the perfect son and the perfect brother. People that you love and spend your life showing that you love them will not feel loved. 
They'll feel like they're always trying to get you to love them. You, on the other hand, will feel like you can never measure up, and no matter what you do, it's never good enough. So you'll spend your whole life trying to make the people that you love feel loved, and they won't because they can't get in your heart. They can get in your thought process and, well, this is why I do that and all the steps that you do. But it's, a, it's really relationship is based on how it feels. For example, um, if you were to fix me a plate of food and it was beautiful, I mean, just it was plated perfect, all the color balance and looked like just the right balance of food and it was all my favorite. And I put it in my mouth and it tasted really bad. How satisfying would that plate of food be? See, I need to taste. It needs to taste what my tongue desires. And if you said, but it's really, really good for you and it's beautiful. I'd say, I don't care. I don't want that. I want something that's really good for me. And if it's pretty, that's great. But if it's not pretty, I'm okay with it too. But I, I need it to at least taste good or I'm not going to want to put it in my mouth. Okay, so you're like, what if it tastes really good but it looks like vomit? I'm like, I am not eating that. Wait a minute. I thought you said you just wanted to it taste good. Which, yeah, which one, which one is it, right? Yeah, gumbo, huh? There you go. But you, you understand what I'm trying to say. It needs to appeal. Well, the biggest problem that we find in relationships, mother to child, child to mother, father to child, child to father, husbands and wives, siblings, best friends, doesn't matter who, the biggest problem is people don't feel loved. So then guess what we teach each other in society? Well, it's not about how you feel. It's a commitment. It's a choice. It's an obligation. You need to manage your emotions. You need, maybe, you, maybe it's your hormones. Maybe, are you going through menopause? No, but I'm on a pause all men right now. You see what I'm saying? So we don't understand how the body works with the emotions, or we haven't in the past. But now there is enough scientific evidence and knowledge and research to show what the Bible has been saying all along is absolutely true. Because I, I found this in the Bible, started finding it when I was 19. And years ago, people said, Angela, love is not a feeling, it's a choice. I, I saw, somebody sent me that this week on Facebook, mm -hmm. and they actually uh, tagged me in it, that message. I said, well, how's it working for you? How is, how, if somebody just chooses to love you, and they do all the right things, but you never feel loved by that person, will that last? Will it work? No, it won't. Excuse me, it never will work. He could do everything right. But if I feel like he's ashamed of me, or if I feel like he is better than me, or if I just feel like he's numb and I can't get in, how long do you think our relationship's going to last? It's not. It, and some people's last on a piece of paper for 55, 60 years, but they're not passionately in love with each other. Miserable. They're married by a piece of paper. They're married out of commitment. They're married out of duty. We've met with, with fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, where the mom, uh, the daughter would say, Ma, I know you love me, but I never felt it. I know you love me. Mama, look at all the stuff you've done to show, but I, can't, I don't know why I don't feel loved by you. This is every day, Brian, all the time. We are seeing this kind of thing happen. And so by going into your memories, now let me, let me backtrack a second. Some people don't have a lot of memories or they may not have any bad memories. 
And so it's, sometimes it's difficult to find a memory. If we can't find a memory, we can just simply use your imagination. It does, like a, like a parable. Mm-hmm. And the way that I found that out was I had a person that I was working with that they had no memory before the age of 12. None. And I was like, how am I going to help this person? God, you showed me all this stuff about the amygdala. You showed me all this stuff about ligands and blah, blah, blah. I don't know what to do now. And the Lord said, make up a story. I said to, I said to God, lie in my thought process. And he said, no, I'll give you a parable. I used them all the time. I went, oh, okay. So why is that? Why will that work? The brain doesn't know the difference between an imagination and a reality like a dream. If you're dream, if you ever woke up from a dream and it felt okay, it felt yeah, it felt real, right? It felt absolutely real if you have a dream. Well, when you have a dream, that's why you can wake up in a cold sweat because the ligands don't know the difference between a dream and a reality. Okay, so the the ligand will still work even if you don't have a memory, but that that imagination we just have to imagine it as real. That also goes along with the scripture that says. If you, if you, you've heard it said that if you commit adultery or if you commit murder, that that's sin. And Jesus said, I tell you that if you think it in your heart, that it's sin. And that's because your heart, your brain will release those chemicals and it'll, it'll affect every part of your body. So if you, if we get in a place where we don't have a memory, that's not a problem. We can still go into the amygdala because the, the key is where do you not feel loved? Where do you feel afraid? That's what we're looking for. So once we, once we engage that book, if you will, from the, from the amygdala, then I will wait for God to speak to me uh, a scripture or a story or a picture or whatever comes to me. And as that comes to me, I'll begin to speak it out. And I'll just keep flowing with it. If you see something, then you go with that. If Michael sees something or hears something, then we'll speak that out. Why? Because when that book is open, what we're wanting to do is while the chemical ligands are open in in this place, deposit new information. When we deposit that new information, what is that information going to be? Love, peace, and acceptance. When you put love, peace, and acceptance inside rejection and fear of rejection, then it's going to change it chemically. So it's kind of like you make an espresso. It's a black, bitter, very intense drink. That some people drink it by itself and don't put anything in it, but that's just to get a shot of energy. It's not for enjoyment. But if you wanted to make that espresso taste good, what would you add to it? Some cream and some honey, maybe a little chocolate. So now you have a mocha latte espresso, right? As opposed to just this black, bitter stuff. So that's what we do with the amygdala. If the memory first is black and bitter, we're just going to add some cream and some honey, and a little chocolate, and now you can't unmocha latte that espresso, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we're doing. When we do that, um, one of my favorite ones to tell the story about, to, to make my point, is Vietnam vets. I've taken Vietnam vets, more than one, and brought them into a memory, caused their amygdala to be flooded with all this trauma to the point they're shaken, their heart's pounding, they can barely breathe, and their bodies vibrating off the table just with sheer fear of the, and they're in a memory, right? That's just where they are. When that memory happens and I deposit love and acceptance and forgiveness into that memory while that ligands are in the, in the brain and we close that book with it, you're loved and accepted and forgiven and you put that back on the shelf, I don't care how many times you pull that memory back out, it will never go back to being black and bitter. It will always be this 
loving forgiveness. And, and one of the men that I worked with a year ago, I just got back from uh, Massachusetts, went to visit him and his wife. He can go into any memory at all from Vietnam. Close his eyes or open them. And he will weep, but it's total tears of joy and, and gratitude because he's no longer in trauma. And he was scared at first, wouldn't even share his testimony at first, because he didn't think it would last. He thought it would just be temporary fix, and then he'd go back to his old way. But it's not temporary. The reason it's not temporary is because it's chemical. It literally does change it for forever. So as that happens in your brain, what the next part of that information is that we now know that your blood type, your emotions, your very essence is always sending out a frequency, just like radio waves. And if you believe in your heart that you are not loved or that you are rejected, something like that, you can believe you're loved here, but if you don't believe it here, they're going to be opposing each other. You'll actually draw into your life event after event until you wake up to the lie and you understand you are loved. Why will that happen? Because God made the earth in such a way that it won't leave you in a lie. Your body's perfect. Your, your body's made in God's image. You're already the son of God. You're already made, you already look like him. You're, you're formed like him. The body, your body works like his works, whatever that looks like. And the Bible says everything's from God, for God, and comes back to God. So every frequency in your body, even if it's a lie, will leave your body go out into the universe, and it will attract to you that truth, whatever you hold to be true. And it will happen to you over and over again until you are fully persuaded that you're loved. So how did Jesus say that? As a man thinks, so is he. Whatever you believe, you'll have. That's how he said it. And that is quantum physics. I didn't know, the, I didn't know all this stuff at first. I just knew that your thoughts had something to do with it. I knew that your, your emotions, but I couldn't explain it for, through science like I can now. Now I can explain it with science and the Bible. And I have tons of evidence. Person after person after person. Rape victims, car wreck victims, broken bones, cancer went away, tumors went away, um, damaged bladder that didn't work at all, healed instantly. Just crazy stuff that the hypothalamus is so perfect and it can excrete the perfect chemical that it knows how to heal just like um, stem cells know how to produce a, an ear in the womb and a toe at the same time. It's, that's how intelligent your body is. So that's what we're doing. We're looking for things inside you that are lies that we can correct, not just with new information logically, but with emotional information so that it shifts your amygdala, not just your knowledge. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, so let me close this off.